Welcome to the Mike on Much Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kermit. We also have our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. And joining us, as always, is intern Erica on the dials. Of course, the four of us are not together. We are in our four homes uh, spread across Toronto and Hamilton. And uh, yeah, we're bringing you another pod from, um, from isolation. Guys, what's been going on? Max, you're, already, you're hosting like the most popular uh, talk show in Canada right now every day on Instagram. Yeah, your brother said that I'm the only guy that could find himself a full-time job in the midst of a global <laughs> pandemic, which which I think is a great compliment. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really interesting uh, and fun for me because I am a busybody and I do like to uh, keep a busy schedule. So every day, 1 p.m., I got to be on. But it's actually way more tiring. That, like I, I get to 5 o'clock every day and I'm like, I need to go to bed. Like I'm kind of exhausted because it is kind of like performing. And, and then like a week ago, I was doing a lot of press about it because the news was looking for anything to talk about that wasn't COVID. So they're like, oh, that guy's doing something. Like let's get him on. So I was doing all these live hits on like CTV and City, City News and CBC. And I was – so I get to like 8 p.m. I'm like I've never been more tired in my life. Um, but it's been fun and – um, a, a lot of people uh, who are usually busy don't have anything to do. So Darnell Nurse came on, Tyson Berry came on, Mitch Marner. Like kind of the rules are out the window when it comes to like these asks because there's a lot of athletes that are just kind of sitting around. So Ron McClain, we convinced him to uh, join Instagram and like we broke the story, <laughs> which is fun. Oh, also, um, I, we had texted Tessa Virtue about coming on, uh, just see what she's up to. And I've known that she's dating Morgan for a, uh, Morgan Riley of the Toronto Maple Leafs for about a month now or whatever. But I, and so I told her, I was like, oh, don't worry about mentioning Morgan. I know you guys are hanging out in Vancouver together. And then she was like, oh, Morgan might want to come on the show. I was like, okay. <laughs> but I don't think they had said anything publicly about this. So sure enough, like she's like sitting in sort of um, a kitchen, but who, who knows whose kitchen it is. And then all of a sudden Morgan Riley shows up and then that ended up being like a story on entertainment tonight and Chatelaine magazine wrote about it. My dad has a Google alerts for our cows. So it's like, they, anyway, it was just like a very like funny, bizarre thing to be like, be uh, breaking that news, which was just, I don't know. I, I feel like, but kudos to Justin Morgan because they probably didn't want to, they're, I think they're kind of private people and they didn't want to do some like, ooh, they're walking the red carpet together, like something kind of grandiose. It's like, oh, it's just on like that dude Max's Instagram account during this weird pandemic. That's how we're going to kind of like subtly let people know that we're an item. Anyway, so that that was kind of, that's all been exciting for me. Yeah, you're uh, you're, you're a natural. You're so good. Well, uh, full disclosure, I haven't been seeing a lot of it because uh, as you guys know, like I'm, I'm at home with, uh, with my kid all day. So it's hard to like break away at one o'clock. But because you had me on, on Saturday, uh, manager Ash was like, yeah, call in, you do the thing, and then we'll have you on like through the pod. I'm like, great. But uh, so it's supposed to be on at one thirty. but then you had Ron McLean on who just joined Instagram, huge story. Uh, but then I was told, hey, man, uh, Paul Coffey might be jumping in, so you might actually get – so all of a sudden, I was the guy getting bumped like on The Tonight Show. <laughs> like I kept getting pushed back. You're like Matt Damon. I'm like I'm supposed to hit the window – yeah, I was Matt Damon in this scenario. I got my kid was like napping. I'm like, this is perfect, perfect window. But then the longer Paul Coffey's going, I'm sitting in my room just waiting patiently with my headphones. Paul Coffey was great, by the way. I saw that he broke the news that uh, Bruce Springsteen recorded an album in three days and he's coming out with it. So that's exciting. <laughs> well, there, you got another exclusive on here. Well, it was crazy. I was like, Paul, do, do people know that? I know you're like best friends with his guitar tech, who would have the inside scoop if, if Springsteen has a new record. And but it's like I don't. I haven't Googled it yet, but I should Google it. But, like, has anybody heard that Springsteen has a new record in the works? Like, I don't know if that's necessarily out there. So the idea that – so then I said that to Paul. I was like, Paul, do, do, does the public know this information? And then he just kind of, like, you could see the wheels turning. And he goes, I didn't say it. You said it. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. And he put it on you. <laughs> Which I clearly didn't. There's video evidence of me not saying it. He said it. But uh, but you were great, Mike. Uh, thank you very much uh, for, for coming oh, on. thanks. Well, you know what, though? Well, like I said, I, I, it's hard for me to find the time during the day to see your show, but I know you're doing the show, obviously, because it's all over social media, uh, and you're, I have no doubt that – I had no doubt that you'd be amazing at it. It was great to see it, but I did find time to watch Shane go on your show today uh, because I was like, oh, Shane, he's go- going on. I got to see what's going on there. So I managed to catch like 
uh, I'd say like the the main chunk, and then I had to go because Winona was was you know she was busybodying again. But uh, Shane, I thought you were great. I thought you had a bunch of good questions prepped, uh, kept Max on his toes. It was you were really good. I, w- I was amped for uh, to be on about. I was told I was going to be on at one fifteen. I ended up getting on. So Ash told me to go on at about one to kind of just yeah. wait my turn, and I didn't get on till about two. So it was a no, one thirty five. Come on. <laughs> Well, it, there was a lot of anticipation, and by by the time it came around, I was just like, oh, like I, like my nervousness had built up to a a fever pitch. I almost <laughs> forgot that you were my friend, and I was just getting so caught up in, oh my god, all these people are going to be watching. It. You know what I mean? So I did feel a little weird. I did. I was super aware of that. Your face is on it. So I had so much time to look at my own face as I was getting ready to even be on the show <laughs> that I was picking out an angle. I was like, okay, Erica said to be in front of a window. And I'm like, okay, this angle's not as good. And I'm like, okay, this is, I'm going to different places in my house. I set up like four different spots, but my Wi Fi was shit in the room I'm in right now. So then I, I, and I looked amazing in this window behind me. <laughs> And the light was coming in. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be getting so many comments from women like this guy's hot or something. But then I, I ended up going to the uh, the other window and I didn't look as good. So I angled it upwards, hoping you wouldn't call me out on it. But it was one of the first things you called me. <laughs> but you were holding your phone like, like, way, like, like you're looking at the sun or something like it's supposed to be like a slight tilt above your head. It was like an aerial view of your of your head. <laughs> yeah. And um, like like you said, my arm was getting so tired because all the professional uh, Instagram livers are fi- yeah Instagram livers they set it up on a tripod so you don't have to hold yeah. it, and then you're way less uh, conscious of the camera. Yeah, well, you did great, um, uh, Shane. You were worried that like uh, Wayne Gretzky was going to be on before you or something like that. Well, I saw Paul <laughs> Coffey uh, was on before Mike. I was like, holy shit, they're actually having like real celebs on before me. And then he was talking about Wayne Gretzky a lot. And I was just thinking, oh, Wayne's, he's probably setting up Wayne on for the next day or something. And I'm going to go after (laughs) Wayne. And another thing I don't like about the lives is you can see the number of people watching and dropping in real time. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like Tom Powers on the thing shoot up. And then you have a, um, uh, a nurse on. I got bumped for a nurse. Uh, which, well, yeah. yeah, no, I know they're heroes at this time. <laughs> Were like, you gonna make a? a you're gonna complain about that? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to, and then I thought better of it. But um, but we had three dudes on in a row. It was like myself talking. Aaron Goldstein joined. Tom Power came on. So I wanted to, uh, you know, have some variety in the show. So I clicked on Vicky, just a random person. That's sort of the, the nature of Flan the Curve Music Class. I just like pick a random name and they join. And then I just see in the comments from Mike on Much, Vicky, with capital letters with a question mark. <laughs> like, what's Vicky doing on the show? Just like heckling Vicky. <laughs> it was really good. But um, speaking of Wayne Gretzky, um, when we had Ron on the show, by the way, Mike's face is frozen. Yeah, he's frozen with this, like, like that. Hilarious, <laughs> like, incredulous look. Oh, I got to take a photo of this. This is fantastic. Oh, this is so great. Oh my god. Okay. Um, but uh, when Ron came on the show, it was it was a big win for many reasons. But uh, one of the reasons is that he he was really worried about how in, how he could work Instagram. And manager Ash had to call him up and walk him through like how to set it up and what a live chat even is. Um, but so we, the, the chat starts off and he gets a phone call and I'm like, Oh fuck, he's got a phone. This is going to like throw him off. And then after we, he was done, he texted us and it was Wayne Gretzky calling him. Wow. <laughs> that was who was like interrupting the chat. So just a, a funny little tie in there. What but, did Wayne uh, want? Who, I don't know. I should follow up. Hmm. That, that'll be our part two of our interview. Yeah. You want to know how you get on your show, Max? That's actually a good idea. We should, we should get Wayne on. That's not a bad idea. Oh, that would be a um, great one. Yeah. Whoa. Nailed it. Good, good work. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's me. How are you guys doing? Well, any, any updates since we last talked? Uh, for me, it's same old. Like every day gets a little bit, I feel like every day I get a little bit sharper. Like I'm, I'm enjoying this a little bit more and getting more used to mm. it. Are you being productive outside of family tree stuff, which is very busy? Are you doing yeah. anything else? 
just at work, I'm so much uh, better. Like I'm producing better stuff, I find, and, and more of it, especially when you're working from home, you're kind of obligated to uh, show that the, you, you can handle working from home. So you have to kind of prove that you're doing shit. So just by the nature of that, I'm producing more because I'm enjoying the privilege of working from home. And I find my stuff is pretty good right now. Is your work different right now? Like it, it, have the assignments changed or what's going on? Well, there's just more immediacy. It's like, okay, guys, this is a, kind of a trying time. So let's try to get new business and let's the business we do have, let's try to make it amazing and mm. think of creative, clever ways to uh, do a workaround, especially some shoots aren't possible. So you have to think of kind of ingenious mm. solutions. Mm. Uh, Mikey, how, how are you doing? What's, how's your state of mind right now? How's the cabin fever? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I, I found that like uh, I've become much I've adjusted as time has gone on and uh, I get used to sort of like like the day has revealed itself now. It's like having a toddler full time running around this apartment. It's like we're starting to get better at managing how that's going to work because uh, Danica's you know, she's very busy with her job. She's on calls a lot all day. Like Shane said, we're like we're still writing a, a ton um, because it is such a sort of unique and unprecedented time in our business. But I find it hard to work during the day. So I'm like, I'm very envious of like the house people who like, you know, they might be able to go to an office. Well, like if, you know, your wife could hang with the kid or if Shane can hang with the kid, well, Alex does work, whatever that, that, that is, we don't really have that space. So it's almost like we have to both kind of like the kid, like Winona will sort of be like, oh, mama, 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 while she's trying to do calls and I'll have to sort of like keep her outside the door. So I find that I'm doing most of my work kind of at night after uh, the baby goes to bed. But like I said, we're, we're sort of grooving and, and the more it goes, the longer this goes, the, the quarantine and the staying inside and the social distancing, the, the easier it's becoming for me. And anytime I do kind of start to get like cabin fevery or I, I start to feel like, oh man, like this is a weird situation. I honestly like, I just have to turn on the news and see that there's like, and I'm not trying to like sound sanctimonious or like whatever. I'm just like people that are actually out there like doing real work, whether it's like in the grocery stores or all of these like medical professionals that are out there like actually risking their lives or the people that are having, um, struggling with this, this virus and stuff like that. I'm just like, man, we're so lucky to sort of like be cooped up in the apartment. Um, because I know it could be much, much worse. And you just sort of like hope that, you know, uh, that it, it keeps going, uh, going this way and that everybody stays healthy. They can stay healthy, but yeah. So like, it's been, a, it's been an interesting time, but I would say the, the further it's gone, the easier it's gotten for me. Um, yeah, that's it. How about you, Max? I mean, you're working every day at one o'clock and then going to bed at eight o'clock. It's been good. I've, I've, I've liked it. Um, at first, I was a little uh, concerned with how I deal with it because seeing my friends is like such a huge part of my life. Um, but the work has kept me busy. And yeah, you know, you can talk to people on the phone and I'm, there's a lot of text groups and stuff like that. So it's okay. But, um, you know, as the producer of the show, I was supposed to provide topics for us to talk about. Most of the things in the news are such a drag right now. So I thought we'd do a listener mailbag. Uh, and there's been a lot of really good questions that actually have, have come in so far. But before we get to that, uh, Shane, quickly, did you see the Colton Underwood uh, post about his book and also having COVID? I saw that he had COVID. I didn't uh, see anything about his book, though. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll save that for the next episode. It's just a very weird No, post. no, just like, tell me. <laughs> tell me. I can't okay. do that. It's just a weird video of him like going like, hey, guys, um, I do have um, COVID-19. I'm doing okay. I know it's a weird time, but I also want to tell you about my new book that's coming out. And I, I'm not trying to like get attention for the book. I just want to let you know about the book. It's about my life and everything I've gone through. I'm doing I'm doing good though. But he's just kind of like looking at can, at the camera in the bed. It's just like it's just a weird thing for him to be like pushing his new project while also talking about COVID. <laughs> and yeah. um, and then he tweeted a full week since my first symptoms, and I have only a very mild cough. Um, the medicine, and then he puts hydro uh, hydroxychloro Crolinquin, whatever that name of the drug that Trump has been pushing, and the one that starts with an A, as if, as if, yeah, as I, I can't say it, seem to be working very well, feeling so much better. And then we're like, are you pushing drugs too? Like, you seem like a weird plant for like a spokesperson. Because you know how these bachelor people are always pushing products on people, like whether it's like protein shakes or whatever the fuck. I was like, yeah. oh, do they have him on the inside? Does this drug company want him? 
to be pushing the product. I just thought it, the whole thing was very bizarre. And kind Interesting of conspiracy theory. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of a conspiracy theory. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I got some questions. Should I start, uh, start with the questions? Open it up? Yeah. Do it. Let's do it. You lead, baby. So this is from uh, Corey McEachran. Um, do you think it's a good time to release music? The prime example being uh, early spring drops, Dua Lipa releasing a week early, and Gaga postponing. There's a lot to be said about wanting material to land right while being mindful of sales, streams, and promo rollout. I think it's a great question, and we can open it up to movie releases and um, online and like Netflix streaming because I was thinking specifically about Tiger King, which we will have its own standalone episode for, and we'll really <laughs> dig into it. But, but I'm thinking that movie came at the perfect time because everybody is quarantined looking for things to stream. So what do you, what do you guys think about like putting out art, especially when it comes to movie and music right now? Uh, Mike, let's start with you. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, well, there's something to be said for putting like content out for people to consume while they legitimately have nothing else to do. Netflix is a great spot for that. Like, I mean, every theater movie is sort of pulling their stuff and pushing the release date because going to the theater is a, by its very nature, communal sort of experience. So like Netflix, stuff that you're going to stream anyway, it's like absolutely throw it out there. There's actually a documentary called The Last Dance, all about uh, the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan that ESPN produced that is supposed to come out, I think in uh, June or July and everybody's hoping that that gets pushed up because everyone's just sitting around I think it's like a it's a multiple part sort of doc series with all this amazing uh, film footage that was shot over I think the last no, I can't season wait of that, for that one uh, 97 98 Bulls yeah it's supposed to be amazing but apparently it's not finished otherwise they should drop it so there's something to be said for that uh, including music I know Max you were talking about the weekends record in our Champagne Boys group which you loved it's like Coming out with it gives the people something to sort of consume and helps them pass the time. You know, if we love art as this great sort of distraction or something that lifts our spirits, especially in low times, then now's the time to release it. On the other hand, if you're sort of like Haim or Gaga and you had like a concert sort of planned around the release of an album and that's not going to happen, maybe you do pull it back. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's up to the artist, but as a consumer, I would say that like the more you can give us, the better because people are sitting around watching live streams of you know, Chris Martin playing songs on his piano. So it's like, if he came up with a new album tomorrow, people would love it. So, I mean, I'd say do it if you're an artist, but I also understand why you might not uh, just from a business standpoint to sort of roll it out properly. And maybe they're worried too. Like if they're, if they're not famous enough, if they're in that weird level of fame, that there's just so much content out right now, it would get buried. Um, Shane, have you discovered anything that you probably wouldn't have um, because of the quarantine? Or is, is, is your appreciation of Netflix different? Or well, how, what do you think about this? Well, I'm busier now than I was before, just in the home with like little projects and stuff I'm doing. So I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm kind of watching less TV with the exception of Tiger King. But I have gone down little Tiger King rabbit holes. And speaking of music, Joe Exotic is a musician. At least you'd think. And he's got a pretty damn good voice. You'd think. And, but I was a you'd little think. suspicious how good his voice was. So I did some yeah. research. Joe Exotic isn't singing those songs. He, I was wondering he, about that. He hired a fucking professional country singer. And to get as a loophole, <laughs> he's, if you listen to it, he's quietly singing at this in unison with him as a, as a <laughs> not even really a backup singer. He's basically like just kind of whispering the words along with this amazing country <laughs> singer. I still don't know anything about Tiger King. I, I, my, I know my assignments is to watch it this mm-hmm. week so that on the next pod we can discuss it. So I have no context for him also being a singer or something like that. But, uh, but I'm but, excited to watch this fucking but, thing. But you, the videos are very cheesy. So you're like, oh, I'm going to have a good laugh at Joe's expense here. And then he has this angelic voice. And you're like, what the fuck? This isn't even funny. This is yeah. good. Yeah. But now, you know, I, and I don't think this is a big spoiler alert or anything. It's more like an interesting revelation because they don't reveal it in the doc that it's not him. Mm. Yeah, um, you know, when it comes to these releases, um, the people I feel most for, especially in the music world, are people that were kind of about to launch into the touring part of their cycle. Because like I think about someone like Harry Styles, for instance, who who did an incredible rollout for his record for, uh, from last year leading into this year. The record came out in the early part of 2020. And he was about to hit the road this spring, and he was doing arenas all around the world. And now that all of that has been postponed. A lot's pushed back either to the fall or into 2021. So it's for those artists that like, 
were having their moment, like maybe the first time Lizzo's headlining big festivals this summer that have been canceled or postponed, those are the people who are probably feeling it the most. Uh, Erica, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a great idea to release stuff. Like I, if I didn't have all this time on my hands, I wouldn't have listened to that Dua Lipa album, but I did. And it's great. And it's all everyone's talking about on my socials. Everyone's popping off about this Dua Lipa album. It is strange though, right? Because I guess you want to drop an album that, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, Max, that like sort of aligns with a timeline that you can tour it like relatively Mm -hmm. soon after it drops. So perhaps that might be the only like wrench in all of this like has she announced tour dates is she planning on touring she had announced some tour dates i'm not sure if they've been postponed yet so but see but it seems like in the dua Lupe context it's actually good because i think more people have have time on their hands to like be talking about a new album release but uh so i think she is she's benefiting from it um but yeah when it comes to the tour i'm not exactly sure how they'll be affected okay uh, next one um this is actually an interesting one. It's, it, there's been a couple of variations of this question. Um, this is from Kiana, uh, pod fan, Arkell's fan. Uh, she's actually, uh, credit shouts to her because she invented the March Madness bracket, uh, the Arkell's, of, with all the Arkell songs on it, which has been That's very smart. popular. Yeah, she's very good. So she goes, there's been talk the NBA could come back in multiple ways. One of the various ideas floated has been to play in Vegas under one roof, similar to the Summer League, or playing in non-NBA cities that have lesser health risks. Curious on the gang's thoughts. And th- there's another version of this with the NHL, but like, you know, if, if everybody can get tested, do we go to one place and start playing games there? Mike, I'm sure you've thought about this. What do you think? Uh, yeah, Brian Windhorst of ESPN actually wrote a really interesting piece. So the Chinese Basketball League has been dealing with this. Um, they've tried to restart a couple times um, by doing sort of like a, uh, a remote area where the league all stays and then everyone gets tested. Sort of like it's called like a bubble. Uh, Jeremy Lin's actually back there and they're trying to get restarted. But there has been issues and they can't guarantee uh, everybody's health. But the thing that um, Windhorst wrote about sort of as like some of these proposals was the idea of like going to the Bahamas, somewhere where there's like a super low COVID-19 rate Um, and then basically putting everyone in something like Atlantis and then putting a basketball court in a a ballroom. And then basically you just have like 500 people living in this hotel and they never sort of leave and you can guarantee their health. And then you play out like, I guess, two months worth of playoffs. And then that's that's how it would work in theory. now listen, like back to the whole thing we said about great content from Netflix or artists putting out music, like as we're all sitting around and waiting for the world to restart, would it be great to have basketball or some sort of sport as a distraction? Absolutely. Would it be a lot to ask of these guys to like either leave their families? Are they able to bring their families with them? What if you're LeBron and you have, you know, your three kids at home and your wife, do you leave them in LA and then go live in the Bahamas for two months to do the playoffs? Like it's just, I think there's a lot, there's a human element to it that I don't know if they can figure out and I don't know if they can guarantee people's safety, but in theory, it, it seems like it could work uh, this sort of bubble theory. I don't know how practical it is or the emotional toll it would take on dudes. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's actually plausible, but we can dream. Shane? Yeah, none of it has zero cases. That'd be fun mm. if they went to none of it. Oh, yeah. none of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought you were saying like none of it as like you like it was the cities or something that you were like none of it has zero mm. cases. I'm like That's what I thought oh, he said. Like like I'm yeah. not having none of it. They can't do this idea. <laughs> oh yeah. no. Well, wouldn't that be so cool if all of a sudden there was just this huge influx in NBA superstars and none of it? That'd be cool. That'd, yeah, it'd be amazing. That, that would be an amazing Netflix documentary, I think. Oh, it'd be like a Disney movie. Yeah, well, I, the, this the whole thing is making me think about what the uh, Hollywood reenactment would be for this. Because it's kind of like, I'm not comparing the two, but like people going off to war or like doing or going off to space or something like that, where it's like you have to say goodbye to your family for the greater good. But the difference <laughs> is, is that like the greater good is just like, taking care of bored people at home like that are sick of Netflix. <laughs> so it's like, we have to go to the yeah. Bahamas because there's a nation of people that are really counting on us. But the nation of people that are counting on us are like people that are just like, <laughs> you know, getting like YouTube home workouts and watching like, okay, I got Prime now and Crave and Netflix. And it's like, but it's like, that's not good enough. So th- these heroes are going to go off and, and play basketball. <laughs> it's like not like they're going to war or trying to improve science or something like that. It's But it feels like uh, we are so soft, uh, psychologically speaking, as people, that we might need to do this, and the Hollywood movie will will and should be made. What actor would play uh, LeBron James, you think? 
LeBron James. I think Cuba Gooding Jr. would be uh, funny. <laughs> Just because he's only like 5'8". Yeah, they'd have to cast a bunch of really short guys around him. Um, yeah. It's like, I like, it's like Armageddon, but with hoopsters. It's like, that's what, I, mean, that's yeah, what I, I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever um, seen Ben Affleck's uh, – there's like a short clip of Ben Affleck doing like uh, commentary, director's – like DVD commentary in Armageddon. And he's just so funny in this like a minute and a half clip that I've seen on the internet where it's like – it's all like these like uh, salt of the earth drillers who they're sending to outer space. And Ben Affleck starts joking. Let's speak about Armageddon. He's like, you're telling me it's easier to teach drillers how to be astronauts than it would to be take astronauts and teach them how to drill. And it's like, nope, I need my guys. And he goes <laughs> rips apart the whole plot <laughs> well michael bay hates that uh, it's like it's yeah. like nope oh it's so funny it's so funny. What, what does michael bay hate uh, well shit? anytime someone tries to pick apart his stupid movies he's like it's a movie it's a fucking movie <laughs> like he just hates it uh that's so funny uh fuck i had a, a another thing actually related to Ben Affleck doing director's commentary on things. Basically, um, Fincher was doing a director's commentary on Gone Girl. And Ben, Aff- ben Affleck, I guess, like insisted on having Emily Ratajkowski play that part. He was like very keen on bringing her in <laughs> for the thing. And, uh, and then um, Ben Affleck uh, – and then – uh, Fincher was like, I like don't really pay attention to no, – no, who wrote the screenplay? Was it Fincher or – I don't think he writes uh, screenplays typically. He's just a director. You know, he directed yeah, it. He's just a director. Like somebody yeah. else wrote it. But but basically, he had no clue. Fincher had no clue who Emily Rajewski was. And then she came in and he's like, oh, I get it. Okay. Get <laughs> 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 um, that's like sort, of, sort of like the gist of it. Um, but yeah, that would be interesting. What do you think? Maxi, Maxi. What do you think about the idea of them? Do you think that they could resume sports in an isolated place, like with this bubble theory? I guess so. I mean, it's, yeah. It's just like if one person gets it, though, then we're all like, okay, well, we're fucked and we look like real stupid idiots. And I keep, I think about that in relation to everything moving forward when it comes to should bars be open? Should we have concerts? Should we have like any group gatherings? Because this, okay, here's what I'd say. The person in charge of making that thumbs up call has a lot of pressure on their hands. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, the public health official that is going, all right, guys, go for it. Because if things spike up again, uh, then that person's going to go, ah, shit, did I go too early? But also, I, mean, I know there's other things to consider, like the economy and, and weighing the plus minus of all that stuff. So it is it is a calculation for sure. But like, talk about pressure. Talk about um you know, that responsibility that those scientists and public health officials have when it comes to like giving the diagnosis and the suggestions to the government, that is, I I can't think of another job right now that is more high pressured. Seriously. Uh, Okay. Let's get on to the next one. Um, Shane, this is just one for you. What did you think of the bachelor final? Because we didn't get a chance to talk about it because Corona hit right afterward. The finale of The Bachelor. Uh, well, that was kind of a shitty season, but they made up for it with an awesome finale, I thought. Like, that was... Uh, Incredible finale. Like, yeah, weren't you just so into it? Oh, my God. Amazing television. And who did you want him to end up with, Max? I wanted him to um, end up with Madison, but I was just so shocked by his mother's behavior because has there ever been a 180 like that where... Everybody loved Pete's family so much. They seemed to be so well-adjusted, so loving, so down-to-earth. And then the mom is, is, is the craziest mom I've ever seen, yeah. right? Like, she was insane. Mm-hmm. Like, in the fact that she could not contain herself and that she kept on just, like, calling Madison just like, a, like, like you're not good enough for my <laughs> son and screw you. And Pete's like, can you stop it, mom? And she's like, you're going to be wrong. And she starts making fun of her own son. The only person she seemed to like was Hannah Ann. Oh, the producers did such a good job. Like the fact that they did the little picture in picture in the bottom left hand of the screen kept the camera rolling on the mom, unbeknownst to her, and just edit her, edit her reaction in the audience as part of the show was genius. Like that, I've never yeah. seen anything so like that good. before. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. What do you, were you a fan of uh, Hannah? 
No, I had nothing for Hannah, but I did kind of fall in love with oh, Madison. Oh, I love like, Madison. I like. Oh my god, I like Madison off the top of the of the season, but then as the episodes progressed, she was like one of the few that didn't really get catty very often. And I was like, I, do I want to marry Madison? I think I do. Like, I'll be religious. Like, oh, she me wants too. Me, she wants a religious guy. Like, I will find Jesus if Madison is interested. <laughs> Ten seconds in, I was like, that's that's the girl, and she was so nice. I was like, she's the virgin too. I just knew it. I mm. told Alex. And hey, it, yo, do we do do we follow Madison on Mike on Much's Instagram? Uh, uh, probably. Because I think one of you guys followed well, her. Sometimes I have a couple of uh, Coors edges and start following. Because <laughs> <laughs> what happened was was so we follow Vanessa Grimaldi, who used who yeah. was I guess a, a former Bachelor person, yeah. who Shane and I saw just for laughs. <laughs> so I'm like, I get why we follow her because okay. we hung we hung out with her that one time. So then she posted a thing where she's like, "Happy birthday, Madison," or whatever. And then I'm like, "All right, I'll I'll see this person, Madison." And then I click, and it's like you're following this Madison person, and I'm like, "This is, is hilarious." Is the Michael account like the burner account? Well, no. For you guys? <laughs> I don't know. Yes, man. No. But I do it for a reason. And the re- okay. Because sometimes Madison will go live, right? And what I've noticed is mm. when people are live, they like responding to people with blue check marks. And Mike on Munch has a blue oh. check mark. So I'm more likely to this elicit a response from. Uh, my, the Mike on Much account than the Shaney. What Boy is your 69. burning question? Like, what are you dying to know on her live streams? Well, she was having little contests. She was like, "Hey guys, I'm bored. I want to send personalized messages out to some uh. of my fans." And I was like, "Pick me, Madison." And you know, I was in her comment section and on her lives. <laughs> but when you do Shaney Boy sixty nine, it just seems like such a joke account. Maybe if I had a normal name, I would use my own account. But I found like, uh, for instance, I was trying to get Aaron Carter's attention for a bit, and he wouldn't respond to Shaney Boy. But he responded right away to Mike on Much. He's like, who's this blue check mark? And I was able to have a conversation. <laughs> so it's a good little work. This is, this is wow. very smart. Yeah. Hey, Shane, what would you say to Madison if you, if you ever met her in person? I love you. No. Um, <laughs> no. I would, I would honestly um, challenge her to one-on-one because she looked like an amazing basketball player. When she was showing Pete some of her skills, like – she is fucking good, man. Like uh, uh, her dad is a coach for Auburn basketball team. I know, and she's on the team. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what, what, do you think uh, I'd be able to beat her one on one? Yeah, she looks short. Good question. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. She looked pretty good. Interesting. What, what about you, Max? What would yeah. you say to her? What would I say to her? Oh my god, you should um, get her on a live. Oh no! I don't think I. I feel like that's a good idea, though. I should reach out. That would be amazing. You Ooh. would go viral. You know who? I probably have a more realistic chance of getting like Kevin Went on or something like that because he's like a local Toronto guy. You know, maybe Vanessa Grimaldi. Maybe she'd do it. I don't know. She has a million followers. Um, but yeah, but like Madison, I think would be a little tough. But uh, I, I'm into that idea. Yeah. What What would I say to her? I'd say like, uh, never been into Jesus, but willing to give it a try. <laughs> It's probably right there. She's dating someone now, uh, eh? Uh, she's dating someone from Bachelor Nation. Who? Come on. That, who? Yeah, she's the, the, he. Who's the guy? He has like terrible vocal fry. He's kind of like uh, he almost reminds me of that old the the swimmer who everyone thought was hot back in the Olympics. Oh, Michael Lochte. Yes, or Ryan Lochte. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Lochte. But she's dating um, a guy like that from Batch Nation. I hate him. Oh, <laughs> um, sorry. Okay, we'll leave Bachelor for uh, for. But one more question, yeah. Uh, Shane. Yeah. Um, have you seen Hannah and Tyler are, are back at it? Yeah, like they're quarantined in together. Have you Have you seen this? Yes, I, I've been following their TikToks. That's amazing. I know. Does that make you happy? Does that make you happy? Um, I don't. I wasn't the biggest Hannah fan. I'm I'm happy that Tyler's happy, mm. but you know, I honestly think he could do better. <laughs> Yeah, he was with Gigi Hadid. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. But they have chemistry. They do have chemistry. It's true. Okay, I am happy. We're done with that. No more. <laughs> okay, here's a question. It's from Julie T. Um, and I'm going to flip this question a little bit. So so the question is, what is one thing your parents still nag you about? And B, do you think you'll do the same to your kids? 
Um, and I know Mike's parents are not with us anymore, but like, are there, but the question I, I think, which is interesting, which I kind of want to make up now is, are there things that you do to your kids, Mike and Shane specifically that you go, Oh, my mom totally did that. Or my dad totally did that. Do you catch yourself like doing shit that you, that you would have hated as a kid? I guess, I guess you have babies now, so it's like not quite there, but like, do you know what I'm kind of getting at? I guess, but yeah, that's a good question. It's, sure, Mike, you go first because you know it's it's hard with a two year old to think of stuff like that. I guess I guess this question doesn't make any sense because because <laughs> they can barely talk, right? Yeah, you shit your diaper again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should have prepped this questions better. Sorry, guys, that was so stupid. Terrible question. No, it's okay, good. I'm go- I'm going to uh, we we'll leave that in to only to show my ineptitude as a producer. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of Tiger King questions. Like, honestly, mm. three quarters of these fucking questions are about t- Tiger King. So, Mike, you have to watch it, like, bang through them in the next two days, and we'll do it later this week. Um, I'm, okay. I'll watch episode one once we get off this pod. No, you'll, okay, you you will not be able to stop. You'll probably watch five in a row. Yeah, it's true. How okay, favorite Tarantino movie. Is it, like, ten? Who, who do you get? Seven, seven episodes. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, favorite Tarantino film. That's a good question. Shane, you want to take that first? Yeah, well, that's a tricky one because no one's going to say Pulp Fiction just because that's like the Justin Timberlake of his movies. I was going to say that. You'd have to go, you'd have to go with Pulp Fiction, but for you, that's an obscure art film, Erica. Yes, but I've, uh, I've it's probably the only one I've ever seen. So, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll say Pulp Fiction, and then uh, I'll I guess Jackie Brown would be my backup one. Wow, Jackie Brown. What about you? Shit. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, Pulp Fiction is like, man, that's a classic. Like, like you said, it is sort of the, the Timberlake of the group. I love Inglorious Bastards. I really love that one. Um, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has a lot of recency bias. Like, I probably enjoyed that the most, and I've watched it most recently, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, it's hard, man. Reservoir Dogs was like a huge movie when I was a kid. Like, that was like, we all loved that movie. It was such like a, you know, the dialogue and sort of everything about it and the way the story worked. Oh man. You know what? I'll go, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with recency bias and say once upon a time in Hollywood, just to be different, wow. but it's probably pulp. It's probably pulp fiction, but I, I would say Hollywood's and, definitely second. And I second think the pulp. second best for me is Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. It's a great one. I love that one. Maxi. Um, you guys have a better memory for all these movies. I've seen them all, but I don't necessarily remember all of them that great. Like Pulp Fiction's great. I like Kill Bill too. But you know what's funny? Um you know some people are biased towards like things that you know they experienced when they were between the age of like 17 and 21 or whatever. I don't know if I'm that sentimental um about music or movies in that way. And I love once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, I've, I've seen it twice now, and I loved it even, like, probably twice as much the second time as I did the first time. And I was thinking about um, the most recent season of Kirby Enthusiasm, and maybe I'm forgetting how good some of those earlier seasons was, but, like, it was honestly one of the most enjoyable seasons of Curb. And it's, like, it's up there. It's like, it's like is that my favorite season of Kirby Enthusiasm? Like, maybe it is. Like, some of the bits in there are so good. Um, the sort of uh, social justice stuff that he takes on in a really funny way is as like sharp as ever, and he kind of dropped at the right time. He he like takes on like some of the Me Too stuff. He takes on race stuff, um, and in a very Larry David kind of way. And 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 I said to my friend Matt Brookman, I was like, do I like this season the best? And he's like, no, that doesn't make any sense. But I was like, do I? Maybe I do. So anyway, to answer the Tarantino question. Um, I'm going to go with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because, like, I could just look at Brad and Leo on, on screen looking like cool 60s guys for, for uh, forever. It's um, just very watchable. I feel like it's one of those films that's going to, like, as it comes on TV over, like, over the years, you're just going to sit in any 20-minute pocket of that film. It's just – yeah, I, I, I agree. I need I like to see that, that one again. But as far as Curb Your Enthusiasm yeah. goes, were you – did you find it weird that they didn't acknowledge Funkhauser's death? Um, they kind of, well, what do they say? They said he's he, in, like in, his, his, in China with his girlfriend. <laughs> That's a very kind of Larry <laughs> yeah. thing to, to, to do though, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it would have been weird for him to be like, he passed away if he actually had passed away in real life, which he did. It's funnier and more Larry S to be like, he's in China. Yeah. Like that's just like, you know, they kind of take the piss of it. Okay. Shane, what questions do you got? Let's, let's finish with you. 
Okay, I tried to have some, like, you know, you're always telling me to lighten up and whatnot, so I tried to have some fun uh, questions here. Um, <laughs> like, th these aren't hilarious or anything, but just frivolous. Uh, have you guys gone a day without showering yet? Uh, and I include Erica in the guys, obviously. Yes. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Maxie? You know what? I feel like I've been exercising more than ever. So I think I've been showering most days. No. Oh. So I actually maybe shower more now than I maybe normally do. And I'll answer too. I've gone a day and a half without showering for a couple days in a row. Not in a row. I showered and then went. I will day. say. Yeah. <laughs> I, until I went on Max's uh, streaming show uh, on Raquel's Instagram, I hadn't even like really thought about what I looked like in like two weeks. And I was like, oh, shit, I get on this thing. I know a lot of people are watching it. It was for the first time in forever, like I actually put some stuff in my hair and like I thought about what I looked like and I actually had not thought about what I looked like at all for like two weeks. I don't know. Maybe that's bad. Maybe, you know, they say like when you work from home, you should like, get up and put some jeans on and stay in a routine. I, I was just so like sort of like out of sorts for that first week and a half where it's like I'm with the kid all of a sudden that I just actually kind of stopped doing everything that I normally do. You shower before you go to work, all that stuff just kind of carried over. But now I'm trying to, to, to get back into a routine. Well, what's the longest you went then without showering? Two days? Oh, probably like, yeah, two, two, two days, maybe three <laughs> at its height. Uh, what about you, Erica? Yeah, probably two. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, this one, I kind of have a joke worked into it. Uh, it's, uh, and feel free, <laughs> feel free not to answer this question, but um, has physical intimacy gone up or down? And for me, it's gone up and down and up and down and up and down. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad you guys like that. Okay, uh, pass, uh, pass uh, for me, Mike. What do you got? Oh my god, we good. Yeah, yeah, we're good. So you won't say up or down. That's fine. Over to you, Erica. Okay, well, you guys, quarantine's a weird thing when you uh, have a boyfriend that you don't live with because mm. has he been sneaking over? No, he's taking this. Whole... Any Romeo and Juliet stuff going on? No, the closest thing would be I'm writing him letters, love letters, and I send them in the mail every day. What about but, Face? What actually, about FaceTime? Aww. We FaceTime like multiple times a day, but we've never been freaky on FaceTime, if that's the question. I was going to say FaceTime intimacy, but yeah, if you want to go there. No. Yeah, no. Not, not really. <laughs> freaky on FaceTime is a better way to phrase it. I like alliteration. Yeah, dating is a weird thing, and like my roommates are both single too, and they're just you know yearning for a companion, and it's all very it's it's a weird time. Okay, I have three more questions. Uh, okay, so this one's a bit of a Larry David inspired question. Uh, what is one obligation that COVID has gotten you out of that maybe you enjoy? Mm, this is a great great question. I might even have to ask Ash. Ash, what's one thing that COVID has got me out of? Yeah, got, well, got Ash out of a lot of emails, which is really good. Um, uh, Mike, do you have anything come out to stand out to you? I don't think so, man. I'm trying to th like, I, there's not a lot of things in my day to day life that I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, like I kind of did everything I wanted to do. So anything that's been disrupted was kind of like I'm bummed out about because I was kind of in everything was going great. So I, I I can't think of anything in particular. I'm like, oh, I was supposed to go to that dinner and now I don't have to go to that dinner or like, like I liked going into the office, you know? Yeah. So for me, it's like, not like there's anything that is like, uh, that's been like, well, that's a relief. If anything, I'm just like, yeah, this is fucked. Actually, I do have one, one thing that, um, <laughs> that comes to mind where basically there was someone trying to get in touch and it was something we couldn't do. And, and I was trying to kind of put it aside, and then, um, and then COVID happened, and I was like, "Thank God, COVID's here, so I don't have to <laughs> deal with this this person who's wanting me to do this thing I can't do. I just can't do it." And you hope that people like pick up on a hint, but anyway, sure enough, I'm getting calls ab about this every day, and I kind of want to pick up the phone and go. Do you know we're living in a pandemic right now? Like, first of all, you haven't picked up a fucking hint. Second of all, we're in a pandemic. And so um, that would that, be my Larry David-esque response, nice. I think, to this Thank thing. God yeah. COVID's Here needs to be the title of this episode. <laughs> totally out of context, just the title. Shaney, what about you? For me, it was uh, there was a show called Ham and Digs. It was supposed to be a live show coming up in April. 
And I was oh, I yeah. was sweating it so large. Like, in fact, I took Thursday and Friday off kind of uh, the night you guys had the uh, Nick Nurse thing. I had the following Thursday and Friday off because I was supposed to be writing with J.R. Diggs. He's the... Uh, He's the digs to my ham. So I uh, got to not go in into Long Point Lodge where he lives and write with him. And then I just got to kind of uh, bunk up early with my days that already booked off, which I looked at as a blessing because otherwise I would have gone into the office and kind of potentially exposed myself to more COVID opportunities. So I looked at that as a bit of a blessing. Yeah. Good job, Erica. I've been- so the show is postponed, needless to say. I've been avoiding the TTC, which is great. It really sets my days off on a horrible foot and horrible mood. So I haven't been on the TTC in days. I also have been spending literally no money. Like all I've been buying is groceries at the grocery store, which is great. My commute, I kind of have to go through the Eaton Center, which is like a very dangerous place for me. So that's, yeah, those are the two highlights probably. Okay, two more questions. This one's quick. Uh, just who's more annoying, you or your roommate? My roommates, both of them, are way more annoying than me. Okay. Mikey? <laughs> me, I've been the annoying one. I, I will say, I will take this opportunity to say, uh, Danica's been amazing since day one of this whole thing. And I've been the one that's sort of like, you know, in my head a lot and I need to talk through things a lot. So I feel like I'm talking a lot and it's like, I feel like, uh, she's been nothing but a saint to like, mm. listen, she knew what she was getting into when she married me. <laughs> uh, but this is really sort of like, uh, put on, put, sort of put to the test, the idea that like, I'm someone that needs to sort of like continually discuss things and talk about different outcomes and scenarios. And she's been amazing. It's sort of like, um, taking those things in and then, and, and sort of like being there. So I've definitely 100% probably been the more annoying uh, roommate. Oh, who would have thunk it? Maxi boy. Uh, definitely me. Any, any charm that I might have no longer exists. You save, you save it <laughs> so, for the uh, lives. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I save it for the one lives. hour a day. Yeah. What about you, Shane? <laughs> oh, I'm way more annoying than Alex. Like so much more. And because and I was actually talking about this the other day on our podcast. I asked her who was more annoying. We both agreed I was. And uh, what makes me more annoying is that I get annoyed so easily. So it's kind of ironic. Because she always has such nice intentions. And, you know, I, I'll, I'm very snappy, I find. Well, if that's the I'm unit in which we're measuring, perhaps I am the more annoying one as well. Okay. <laughs> Kindred spirit. Yeah. Okay, this is the last question question i was trying to find something that was like mary fuck kill but like what that was COVID appropriate so uh yeah. out of michael jordan paul mccartney or obama would you rather see <laughs> who would you rather see his face stay at his place or cough in his face Ooh. so what's the first one hmm. see his face like facetime the, the second one stay at his place and the third one is cough in his face so that would be like the death equivalent so, so what are the three again? Jordan, Obama, and... Paul McCartney. Ooh. Okay, I got it. Um, I want to stay at Obama's place because he would have really great stories, obviously. I would want to cough in Jordan's face because I think Jordan's a little younger uh, and he could probably deal with uh, any possible viruses better than McCartney uh, because, you know, getting a FaceTime with McCartney would be amazing. And he's older so he's a little more susceptible to the sickness. So sorry, Jordan, but that's the way it's got to go. All right, Mikey. Uh, I would uh, I would stay in McCartney's place because uh, I would love to hear his stories uh, and spend the the evening, you know, talking about uh, anything he wanted to talk about. I would want to see Obama's face because uh, I think he's interesting. And for Max's reason, I'll say I would cough in Jordan's face. He's, you know, a six foot six uh, body of an Adonis, even though he's probably 50 now. Uh, he's probably, you know, he's, he, he can probably handle it. He's younger than Obama and Paul and can maybe handle getting the virus. But uh, yeah, so like in your Mary fuck kill, unfortunately, Jordan would be would be my my kill position. OK, I'm going to look up their ages while Erica answers. <laughs> Let me guess actually their ages. Okay, okay. I'm going to say, before you get to uh, Erica, um, I'm going to say... I want to guess too. I want to guess too. Okay. Um, Obama is 50... I think Obama and Jordan are around the same age, both in the early 50s. 
McCartney's like 70. He was born in 44. So he's 76 or something, I want to say. And, and okay, I know Jordan's born in 63. I know that. Um, and I don't know how I know that, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Uh, so whatever the math is there. And Obama, I think Obama's 61, born in 61. Oh, okay. No, he's born in 63 too. So I think, I think they're the same age. Okay. Uh, does anyone else want to guess? Well, no, if he's got the year they were born, I was just doing the Jordan math based on the fact that I think he was 40 in 2003 because I remember seeing him play with the Wizards against the Raptors at the ACC. I saw Jordan in his last year. So I was like, I, I know he's 40 in 2003. Is that correct? Uh, I don't know. I can't do all this math here, guys. I just, I just, I said I'm Googling it. I didn't say I'm the human calculator. Uh, What did you say, Erica? So he would be 57 now. Who? Uh, Jordan. Jordan is 57. Obama is not 57. How old do we think Obama is? 55. 58. Obama's 58. Okay. And how old do we think Sir Paul McCartney is? I'm going to say that Paul McCartney is 79. Nope. Damn. Anyone else? I think he was born in 42. Because I think. <laughs> I hate just. Do- he was 42 because yeah. Lennon is 40. I don't like Lennon- doing it from birth dates. Sorry. Yeah. What, what, how old is he? 77. Oh, nice. I think I, I 77. Uh, so. oh, okay. So, Erica, who did you say? Well, uh, um, I would stay at Obama's place because mm-hmm. he seems the most uh, nicest. I would um, FaceTime with Paul McCartney because he could sing you some songs. And then I would unfortunately cough in Jordan's face. I just know the least about him. And yeah, same reason. He's young. He'll be fine. <laughs> okay. So for me, okay. So MJ and Obama, they're pretty much the same age, right? And uh, so I know... Obama, he smokes a little bit, but Jordan, he uh, smokes cigars. And one cigar is like 10 cigarettes. And I would much rather hang with uh, MJ. I also feel like Obama would be better with healthcare. So, so I'm going to cough in Obama's face. Okay. I'm going to do a FaceTime with Paul McCartney. And I'm going to stay at with MJ, and we're just going to play basketball. Like, he's very competitive. I'm very competitive. We're going to play card games, board games, video games, <laughs> basketball. Like, it'll be awesome. Hey, by the way, Obama's competitive, too, by the way. He, he, he's like the president of the yeah. United States of America. Like, he's, he's a crazy competitor. But, yeah. Sorry, sorry Mike. I, Go ahead. No worries. My question for Shane, and I don't want to burst uh, the, the the sort of fantasy you have of hanging out with Jordan, but he's notoriously kind of a prickly personality. Like Obama and McCartney are known as people that like bring people together. They put you at ease. Mm-hmm. They're sort of really good at being famous people that make people feel good about themselves. Yeah. Jordan is sort of like everything you've read about him is the opposite. Are you sure you would get along with them if you stayed at his place? I'm a little prickly too, man. Ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> 